Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. So this morning we are carrying on with our journey through the Ten Commandments, and this morning it is honour your mother and father. So I've specifically asked Ethan to pay attention. Someone asked me yesterday, they said, how's church going? Because they, they, they're friends from a long time ago. And, and they said, what's the general sort of makeup of the church? And I, I sat and thought about it. And I said, you know, it's amazing. I said, there's someone of every generation, every age, background. I said, yeah, it's lovely. Um, so, and I think, obviously, it's a bit generational, the mother and father, isn't it? And so I was actually, I wanted just to, just before I get started on the the proper stuff, which generation are you? This is just something funny that I heard, I thought I'd share. Um, So here we have a list of the generations. Okay, so, to be honest, I am Generation X. So the greatest generation, you know, they did the First World War, the Great Depression. You've got the silent generation, and they're, they're from the... Children should be seen and not heard, which is where they got, get the title. Not because they were silent, but because their childhood was supposed to be silent. The baby boomers, post-war, Generation X, millennials. I work with a lot of millennials. And Gen Z, which is my children. And then Generation Alpha, which actually I didn't realise they had a name already. But there we go. So this is just a little bit of fun to start with. This is the, different, the way that different generations approach napping. Boomers, they disguise napping. They'll sit down with a book or telly to convince themselves and others that they didn't mean to nap. They just fell asleep. Then there's Gen X, who are the toughest generation. And they would never admit to needing a nap. They definitely see napping as a sign of weakness. I personally do not. I love a nap. Millennials, however, see napping as their God-given right and will tell anyone who listens about how great they feel after a nap. That's if it's a 20-minute power nap. Any more than that, and they'll wake up not knowing who they are, where they are, or what year it is. Then you've got Gen Z, who see life as something that interrupts their naps. Millennials see napping as their God-given right. Gen Z see napping as their basic human rights and can and do nap wherever they feel like it because Gen Z are, as far as anyone can tell, just cats in human bodies. (laughs) Sorry, I I just thought it was just so funny and very true. So, uh, yes, so honour your father and mother. Exodus 20, 12, honour your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. It's the only commandment with a promise. Because as we know, that actually good families make a healthy society. Now, I am aware that we all started life with a mother and father, At the very beginning, there was a mother and father. And really, probably at that point, 
That's what we all have in common. And then after that, everybody, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's journey is different with their parents and as a parent. So today we're talking about our response to our parents, us as parents, because like we said, we are all different generations. We're all in a different point in this journey. And also I'd like to share a, a couple of situations where that verse actually transformed my family. Honouring our parents is so important to God that he gave that great and wonderful promise that things will go well for us and we will enjoy a long life. Now, even though we all have different backgrounds and different journeys, I, I checked, there is only one commandment. So <laughs> whoever it is, we have to honour our parents. I was looking actually in the Bible and I just felt to add this in at this point about Hagar. She became a parent. She was in a very difficult place. She had she found herself pregnant with a baby that actually at that point she and the baby didn't seem to be wanted and they were driven away. And then at that point, what was the name that God gave himself to her? It was Elroy, the God who sees me. So even now as you're sitting, as we approach this subject, there may be some of you that are feeling that this is difficult, but I want you to know that Elroy, the God who sees you, knows everything about you and loves you intensely and completely. There is no condemnation from God. There may be promptings about things because actually whatever the relationships are in our lives, and this may not be parents, this may be other relationships that the Holy Spirit prompts you on, but these relationships, even good relationships can be better. And damaged relationships, there can be a healing. So honor means specifically to prize highly, care for, show respect for and obey authority in our lives. These commands are never meant to be legalistic, but to draw us closer to God. That is their purpose. Now, when Jesus explained the most important commandments, he said in Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So this helps us put honoring her mother and father in context. It's not greater than loving God. And so if there is a parent relationship that's saying you must not love God, the greatest commandment is to love God. It helps. Um, and so in Matthew 10, 37, it said, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. So this helps us understand that breaking God's precepts or turning your back on God at the request of a parent would be wrong. And it's also important because Jesus affirmed the importance of honoring one's father and mother in the New Testament. So Paul quotes the commandment in his letter to the church in Ephesus and in his letters to Romans and Timothy. He describes disobedience to parents as a really serious sin, Ethan. Disobedience is really serious sin that you should not do. 
Can I just say, Ethan's a good boy. <laughs> but if Caitlin's listening to this on podcast, Jesus. <laughs> so, the words of Jesus and the teaching of Paul indicate that adult children remain obligated to honor their parents by providing for material needs. In the gospel, Jesus portrayed as really angry with some people who avoided materially providing for their parents. Do you remember there were some people who said, oh, we, we can't provide for our parents because this money's for God. And he's like, whoa, let's get it straight. You know, yes, you can give, that mon- you can give things to God, but provide for your parents. According to the Gospel of John, when Jesus was on the cross, what was one of the last things he did? He provided for his mother Mary, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He said, John, here is your mother. Here is your son. Yeah. And he provided, even at that point, he honoured his mother and provided for her. Now, there are many, many things that can put a strain on the parent-child relationship. I see that a lot in my job. So I see money, needs, upbringing, pressures, bad behaviour, selfishness. I also see a lot of really positive examples about parenting and child relationships but whatever the relationship there is room for improvement we honor our parents by accepting them in proverbs 23 22 it says listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old you see it's not about pretending that they are perfect when they're not in a court of law we address the judge as your honor And we're respecting their position, aren't we? We're not sort of saying, oh, you know, you're a good person, or you've got a lovely personality. We're saying, your honour, because that's his position. And we honour our parents by appreciating them. And we say, I accept you in spite of your negatives. I appreciate your positives. I appreciate my parents for their work and sacrifice. And we honour our parents by affirming them. In Proverbs 3.27, it says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Now, you see the word there, when. There's a time limit. There's a time limit when you're able to act. Because you have to affirm those when they're alive. And I remember... There was a point in our family where there was a lot of grief at one point, where actually Nick lost someone close to him. And I think it, it, you know when you have those watershed moments, there's a before part of your life and there's an after part of your life. And at that point, Nick decided that he would write a letter to his father saying, I love you. And talking about his father, you know, to his father and wrote a letter And it came to Mother's Day, and Nick suggested that I write a letter to my mother. Well, I remember, as a child, watching the television and seeing, you know, like American sitcoms where people would say, I love you to each other, and I thought it was well odd, because nobody ever said, I I felt loved, but they didn't say, I love you. 
That just didn't happen. So I remember thinking, hmm, that's very American. But then as I grew older, I realized, well, actually, some families do say I love you. And I, you know, and I thought, oh. So I didn't feel like very comfortable doing it, but I actually sat there and I thought, no, I shall write a letter to my mother and I will say all the things that I am thankful for. And I highlighted specifically the things that I thought were great about her. So I wrote it, posted it, and you know something from... I mean, I, I did it. I, I was embarrassed. You know when you're doing something that's so out of character, we don't do this. So out of character, but I sent it. From that day, the term I love you is used all through my family. She was able to say I love you to her grandchildren and to us. We say it to my mum. We finish conversations with I love you. It's like... And it... it it wasn't natural, but sometimes that step creates something that then becomes natural and becomes part of your language. Still sometimes feels a bit funny to me in my ears, but it's good. It's a good thing. We honour our parents by not abandoning them, offering support and assistance in their old age. Now, it can often be a juggling act with so many demands on time and finance. Paul's instructions to Timothy regarding physical care of widows include the following, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so be paying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. And in 1 Timothy 5, it says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, this is really harsh now, and especially for members of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. It's very clear that actually, that we should, when it is in our power to, to assist. Just for a few minutes, I'm going to talk about Children should honour their parents, but parents should be worthy of honour. Now, we have a perfect parent. We all do. The only perfect parent, and that is our Heavenly Father. And he is the pattern to follow for parenting. You see, God listens to his children. In Psalm 145, verse 18, it says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. In, uh, there was a recent bit of research done, and it said that parents spend 15 minutes talking to their children every day. 15 minutes. Can I just say, it's easier to build adults than to mend broken ones. So we all need to give that extra bit of time. And as parents or grandparents or as aunts or as uncles, whatever that relationship is, we should all try and be mindful, be attentive to the voice of a child, to stop cleaning, to stop doing what we're doing and listen to any children in our lives. Are we perfect? Are we perfect parents? 
But God accepts us, and that's called grace. God loves us. We can love our children through attention, affirmation, affection. Keep your promises. If you say you're going to do something, then do it. If you say you're not going to do something, then don't. God disciplines his children. We parent until the child has enough character to parent themselves. I said that to Caitlin when she turned 18. I said, right, you you are an adult now, and actually what the point of this is, is that now at this point, it's your job to parent yourself. You make yourself do the things you don't really want to do. You're taking over the reins. But actually, we carry on parenting for as long as we have children, don't we? One of the best ways of correcting children is to correct the example that we are setting them. I see this so often. Sometimes I see dysregulated children in, in school, and then sometimes I see their parent walking them to school in, and shouting at them in a very dysregulated way. And I'm thinking, that's the pattern you're setting. So the best way of correcting something in children is to correct something in ourselves and to remember that we're the adult in the situation. And to admit that when we are wrong, because we don't expect perfection, I, thank, I am so thankful that God does not expect perfection from us and neither do we expect perfection. But now I want to go a little bit into... But what is the expectation if a parent or parents are not good? What if the relationship is destructive or very painful? In Romans 12, 18, it says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's being very clear that actually there is a point at which it's not actually dependent on you. You're doing your best. But there's a point at which that relationship is, another, is the other person's responsibility as well. And it has to be as far as it depends on you. When we honor people, we are being honorable. And we do what is honorable by them But honouring people also means building them up in righteousness. Um, I, when I was, I knew that I was preaching this um, verse, and over the summer I actually sat across in a cafe with my mum and dad, and I said, my my parents um, are have been were pastors and have pastored churches, and so they they are. yeah, very grounded in everything spiritual and have been great parents. So I said, um, and my mum actually gave me permission to tell you a story because I don't think, I don't think I've told it in its entirety or actually knew parts of it before this conversation with my mum. So my mum's dad was in the Merchant Navy during the Second World War and he survived he was, he was on ships working deep in the engine room in hot and noisy circumstances. On three separate occasions, on three separate ships, 
he experienced it being torpedoed and sinking. So on three separate occasions, he received a medal for surviving and what he did on those ships. But you can only now imagine what he went through at those times. And actually returning, there were lots of things that were not known about mental health and actually he didn't fit back into society. And he drank too much. And he was very violent. And my mum grew up in a home that was very dangerous, that was very violent, that was very tumultuous. Um, sometimes her mum disappeared when she was a child and then reappeared again. And the whole thing was highly difficult. And actually, I think even my mum sometimes carried... Well, I know she did, carried that into her being a parent. But she... This whole situation was extremely, extremely damaging and dangerous and, and bad, basically. Now, actually, I knew they would often... My mum and her brothers and sisters would talk about the old man. It took me years to realise that was my granddad. She was talking about this old man somewhere, the old man, and, um, and that was their dad. Now, I think it was right for, the, for a period of time for there to be a separation. I'm not saying that we have to keep everybody in our lives. But there was a point when my mum was now a mum of four kids, and she read this verse, and she believed that she needed to do something. And it said, honour your father and mother. So she took that, and the Holy Spirit really spoke to her and said, now is the time you need to do something with that. So she took my youngest brother and sister with her. She traveled down to Wales and she knocked on his door and went in and she simply said, Dad, I am sorry. I have been disappointed in you. As a father, I have shown that and I'm sorry. And it broke something in him. And he cried and cried. And the relationship was restored in an amazing way. And actually through a lot of healing inside the family, my mum is one of five kids. And throughout the family, she was brought up, it wasn't, obviously wasn't a Christian home, but her parents became Christians, her siblings have become Christians, their kids are now grandkids, and there's so, there, there's, it's a, a family where there's a lot of faith and there's a lot of healing. But I believe that her relationship with him, she needed to make that step. Now, you would look at it and think, well, that, actually, that should be him making that step. But actually, she was in a place where she felt she could make that step, so she did. And she said it, 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 the forgiveness broke something in their relationship, but it broke something in him, and it most definitely broke something in my mum. And that was the biggest difference. It broke something in her. It broke that hurt, the pain, and the bitterness that was part of who she was to an extent inside. Because God is good. And she gave this verse because she knew that I was going to say this story. 
She wanted to make it very clear her dad, she believes, had PTSD. So even then she's defending him. He, he wasn't well, you know. I'm like, yeah, I know, Mum. And she gave this, these verses. She said, if your situation is complex and painful, you have God to support you in your choices. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. When you don't know what to do, lean Honour by breaking the cycle and being a godly parent. If you don't have parents, Psalm 27 verse 10, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. John 14 says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So even this morning, as we've been singing, Holy Spirit, come. God does not leave us. God gave up his son so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be the family of God. You see, you may not have mother and father, but we have, we have mothers and fathers in the faith, don't we? Which is why I think it's so blessed that we have so many different generations and different people who are young in faith and more experienced in faith. We need to be givers and receivers of grace. Forgive others. <laughs> forgive others and for goodness sake, forgive yourself. And if there are people here, sometimes you can preach forgiving others, but with me, I find it harder to forgive myself. I am my, my, my own worst critic. We need to forgive ourselves. Ultimately, God comforts the brokenhearted children by inviting them to honour a father who is worthy of all honour. Jesus said, God is my father and whoever does his will is my brother and sister and mother. We have biological parents, but we have a father who is holy. And because of Jesus, we're adopted and we can cry, Abba. He is the one of whom heaven hosts sings, worthy are you to receive glory and honor and power. And he will never leave you or forsake you. Now if we just pray right now. Lord, I thank you. Father, I thank you. I thank you that the design of family was your plan. It's your pattern. It's how church should be because it is your pattern. But Lord, I just pray right now. I, I just pray that if there, if there are any steps that any of us can take in our lives to honor our father and mother to a greater extent, to take a step, to move forward, to be more diligent, to make another phone call, to write a letter, Lord, help us to be 
Help us to be obedient to that commandment. Lord, I just pray as well, though, for people here who, through this, they, Lord, may they have a greater revelation that they are not alone, that they are not orphans, that they are here with you, with your Holy Spirit, and with people who love you and love them. In your precious name I pray. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.